It's hard enough to control opioids when illegal imports and dealers flood the market, but all the more so when legal licensed doctors and pharmacists overprescribe and deliver them. And that's where my next guest has helped a lot. He's a doctor and a medical officer for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and now a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. Vikram Krishnasamy joins me now. Dr. Krishnasamy, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tom, for having me. So first of all, tell us how the opioid issue in general is going, because it seems to have disappeared from all of the news and all of the media and so forth because of the coronavirus. But it's very much with us, the opioid problem, isn't it? Drug overdoses continue to remain a problem in America, and, and, and opioids specifically are, are linked to two-thirds of drug overdoses deaths in the U.S. So uh, it's an important issue that we need to continue to remain vigilant in addressing. Now, your Sammy's entry points out that legal doctors, people we trust, have been over-prescribing these and pharmacists deliver them and other people in the licensed and trusted medical chain to the point where law enforcement had to be involved. So tell us how that happened and what your role was in it. Yeah, yeah. As, as our colleagues across the country were grappling with the opioid crisis, back a couple of years ago, we recognized that there's a potential to partner with law enforcement agencies. So there may be times when a physician prescribes opioids in a way that's outside of what we would consider uh, acceptable or outside the standards of care. In those situations, law enforcement agencies, both federal, such as the Drug Enforcement Agency or the HHS Office of Inspector General, uh, as well as state law enforcement agencies may step in to help solve some of these problems. And what happens is that our law enforcement colleagues may go in and shut a, a clinic down. They may arrest a provider, a healthcare provider, such as a physician. Uh, and in that case, that physician will no longer be seeing those patients. And th- there may be a thousand patients that are all of a sudden left without a provider. So we needed a way to help those patients that were affected. And so what we did was work closely with our partners in state health departments to help them prepare for some of these law enforcement actions. So helping them prepare might be to also help them get off of the opioids, because I guess the techniques for doing that have have come some ways so that they can have their pain management if it's indicated, but not necessarily with opioids. Yeah, that's exactly right, Tom. What we try to do is ensure that patients are taken care of in a safe way. uh, And if they might be on a risky dose uh, or too high of a dose of opioids that might have been provided by some of these healthcare providers, we try to provide them or get them to another healthcare provider that can help manage uh, some of the concerns and healthcare problems that these patients may be facing. I guess, you know, doctors can make an honest error from time to time, and they, they do. But what is the motivation that you have found for a physician to overprescribe, it sounds like something deliberate if it rises to the level of law enforcement. What's, what's their motivation? Yeah, Tom, you're asking a great question. Yeah, honestly, I can't speak to exactly what the motivations might be. Uh, I think the overall intent from our standpoint is really trying to help protect some of these patients or all of these patients uh, and ensure that they have a, a way forward in terms of making sure their pain is taken care of and, and that they're taken care of safely. And, and working with our state health partners, we were able to at least make sure that these patients uh, were contacted and, and could at least get to another provider to get some assistance that way. And did you ever see instances where the patient's And the doctors and the pharmacists, the chain, were kind of in collaboration because those pills have a pretty good black market value. There are times when we were working with our law enforcement colleagues where a a healthcare provider in a clinic, uh, as well as an associated pharmacy, were both affected. I will say that I'm not often involved in terms of the relationships between the two. My role was often to help ensure the safety of the patients and to make sure that our 
state health departments and other agencies at the state level could really be plugged in. I think one of the challenges here in the past has been that these actions may occur and, and our state health partners may not always be aware, um, given how some of these actions may have occurred historically. And so our goal was really to help bridge those connections, help everyone prepare uh, and make sure that the safest possible actions are taken. We're speaking with Dr. Vikram Krishnasamy. He's a medical officer at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and a finalist in this year's Service to America Medals program. So has the work you've done become kind of a programmatic ongoing effort to make sure that law enforcement, CDC and the patients, the kind of triangle of care here is maintained perpetually? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Tom. This is a longstanding effort now between multiple agencies, and, and it gets to a larger issue of how we address drug overdose and the opioid crisis in America. And so there's there's a large portfolio of work that goes on at CDC as well as other agencies uh, across the federal government and the state and local health jurisdictions to, to help address this crisis. And tell us more about yourself. You are a physician. How did you come to CDC and what's your basic role there? Yeah, I, I came to CDC back in 2015, so about five years ago now. Um, I'm a physician by training. I'm trained in internal medicine and preventive medicine. And I came to CDC to do a physician training program in public health called the Epidemic Intelligence Service. And it's a great way for physicians to get public health training and to help respond to acute public health crises that we face as a country, such as outbreaks. And is opioid the only one that you've had experience with? There must be others between opioids and coronavirus. Yeah, I will say I've worked on multiple responses uh, for a wide range of topics. So I've worked on foodborne outbreaks. I've worked on Zika and Ebola virus. Uh, Right now, I've done some work on COVID-19. And so uh, a lot of us have have done work in multiple areas as we try to scale to the urgent and acute needs of, of the day. And as a medical officer, are you assigned to any particular center? Because it's kind of like NIH. There's lots of institutes and centers in there. We do have many, many centers here at the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta, and, and what, where I'm assigned is a National Center for Injury Prevention and Control. Uh, so that's, that's my day job, though. If there's an urgent area or risk or problem that arises elsewhere, I could be pulled into that work. And besides opioids, I guess if you classify that as an injury in a sense, what are the other big public health level injuries that happen to Americans? I think I once read falling off ladders is like number two, or did I read wrong? Yeah, I think while opioids and drug overdose are at the forefront, there are a number of other injuries that we're concerned about, such as suicide or adverse childhood experiences, falls, motor vehicle accidents. So, so there's a lot that we don't we don't necessarily talk about or it may not be on the front page of the news, but are still important factors and to consider as we address the health of all Americans. Because that implies that in the case of whatever a given malady or accident or public health threat is, there are also elements of the economy, manufacturers and so on, that need to be part of the solution here too, just as they are in opioids or in COVID-19. Yeah. And what I would say is as we've examined these problems, what we realize and, and what all of our partners realize is that, is that these problems are complex. Uh, there is no one way to solve them. A single agencies often can't solve them alone. And what we need to do is partner together to address the larger problems that we face as a country. And as a saluting physician with internal medicine training, do you ever get a chance to keep your own chops up by putting a stethoscope on a chest or two? Yeah, Tom, thanks for raising that. I, I will say that I, I love clinical medicine and seeing patients. I still continue to see patients in a free clinic on Sundays here in Atlanta uh, when I'm able to. Now, uh, I will say that COVID-19 has, has changed that quite a bit in the ways that we're able to see patients in an outpatient clinic. Uh, but but I, I still love to continue to do that work, and it's, it's, it's very meaningful for me. 
Dr. Vikram Krishnasamy is a medical officer for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and finalist in this year's Service to America medals. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. Really appreciate it. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.